JCPenney is about to be saved from bankruptcy, but is it too late to save their brand? Plus, the CEO of one of America's most lucrative companies sees working from home as a pure negative. And AstraZeneca pumps the brakes on a COVID vaccine test, as other pharma groups pledge not to rush a premature vaccine to market. It's Friday, September 11th. I'm Maxwell Klausner, and these were our biggest business stories from the week. The death of the department store has been a tragic media narrative all year, as countless chains have declared bankruptcy or insolvency against the coronavirus pandemic. Among the national brands filing for bankruptcy was JCPenney, the perennial mall anchor that had 800 national locations as of May. But JCPenney may find its way yet. This week, Simon Property Group and Brookfield Property Group, which both own and manage shopping malls across the U.S., announced a deal to buy out JCPenney. And the agreement looks mutually beneficial. After all, retail woes did not begin with COVID-19. In fact, JCPenney hasn't had a profitable year since 2010, due largely to shifting consumer habits away from brick-and-mortar retail. The heyday of the great American shopping mall is behind us, and JCPenney has suffered for nearly a decade to attract in-person shoppers, as e-commerce has enjoyed a meteoric rise. But by acquiring the department chain, Simon and Brookfield Property Groups hope to stabilize the dying brand and gain more control over the viability of their shopping malls. For $1.75 billion, the two groups will absorb nearly all of JCPenney's retail and operating assets. But critics would argue that they are investing in a sinking ship. In the year before the pandemic, almost 10,000 mall stores closed across America, and CNN predicts another 25,000 could close in the coming year. And even if Simon and Brookfield can pass JCPenney a life vest, there's no assurance that the 125-year-old franchise will survive the crisis. Take Pier 1, for example. The home furnishing franchise declared bankruptcy earlier this year, but has already called it off, announcing instead that they will be closing business for good. Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix, is not exactly happy about working from home. In an interview with the Wall Street Journal this week, Hastings joked that he would call his staff back into the office 12 hours after a vaccine is approved. We should note that, in seriousness, Hastings has committed to heeding the word of experts and ensuring the safety of his employees. But either way, he has deemed being separated from his staff a, quote, pure negative and an impediment to the collaborative office culture he views as key to Netflix's success. At the same time, many of big tech's leading players have announced that they will make working from home a permanent option, at least for some employees. Amazon and Microsoft have both revealed that workers will remain remote until January of next year, while Facebook and Google say they will not recall employees to the office until next July. Still, Hastings is being realistic about the permanent effect of the pandemic on business. The Netflix CEO predicts that in most companies, the five-day work week will be replaced by four days in the office, with a fifth day allowing for remote work. AstraZeneca, the British-Swedish pharmaceutical company, has paused late-stage global trials of its COVID-19 vaccine due to what it suspects is a serious adverse reaction in one participant. AstraZeneca has emerged as a front-runner in the international race for a vaccine, with late-stage trials already underway. 
but the recent adverse reaction could hinder its efforts, especially if it turns out to be a common side effect of the drug. The company had previously hoped to have a vaccine ready for use by the end of 2020. All the while, some have grown anxious that a COVID vaccine could be rushed to market in the United States before proper vetting has taken place. President Trump himself has routinely pushed for a vaccine to be ready by Election Day. But this demand has many concerns that his administration could approve a vaccine that is not quite ready for the sake of boosting Trump's political fortunes. In response, nine pharma companies, including AstraZeneca, took a joint pledge this week to stand with science. The commitment affirms that these companies will not present a vaccine to the public until it's been thoroughly vetted for safety and efficacy. And finally, 19 years after the attacks of September 11, 2001, the annual remembrance of those lost will look a little different. As the nation continues to endure a new crisis, the 9-11 Memorial Museum in New York City has made some adjustments to its yearly ceremony in accord with coronavirus safety precautions. While the families of 9-11 victims are typically invited to Ground Zero to read out the names of those lost, this year, families have pre-recorded those names, which will play over loudspeakers in the plaza. As for the twin beams of light that typically shine in Lower Manhattan in remembrance of the former World Trade Center, the tradition was initially scrapped out of safety concerns. But after a public outcry, memorial officials, with state and donor support, have worked to ensure the safety of the operating crew. As Memorial Museum Director Alice Greenwald has said, it is an unusual year, but what was never in doubt was whether we would commemorate. That was a given. And those were our peak stories from the week. Thanks for listening and enjoy your weekend.